0: Welcome to Patriots Nation UK, brought to you by me, your host, Matt Inkster. Hey guys, how's it going? And welcome to another episode of Patriots Nation UK. I am your host, at Matt Inkster on Twitter. I am joined as usual by at the underscore panic, it's my co-host Nick and we've got a guest this evening um, who is back, he is the first time person to come back on to the show again, we talked to him last week, we're talking to him again, so we'll be talking some Giants as well, some other stuff, Uh, it's Nick and Dan, how's it going gentlemen?
1: Yeah, good, thank you.
2: Yeah, not bad mate, not bad, thank you for asking.
0: Uh, you're very welcome Um, I think Nick's feeling a bit left out Just before we started recording um, Me and Dan have both said we've, We were busy watching Bake Off beforehand um, So I think you, You're a bit like the third I'm,
1: I'm, I'm not really left out at all I'm happy with my decision
0: Fair enough um, what, what have you been up to otherwise Nick? Watching baseball Okay. What,
1: very, what a very boring game this is
0: uh, I just tend to tell on After I break <laughs> off And I'm watching a rerun of uh, last night's game Which I think we'll, we can touch on Because that was a bit of a joke in some respects um, So yeah, we've got um, Dan back on To talk about And remind yourselves what he does And what he's here to promote And also to talk the Giants review game from Seems like a million years ago from last Thursday night, but first I just want to touch in some league news with you both. Um, I've just mentioned one of the pieces there was last night's game. Have any of the two of you caught up in it yet? Um, I'll, I'll start with you, Dan. I, first, oh.
2: I, <laughs> I, um, I haven't watched it. <laughs> I probably I won't. I won't get time to watch it now, unfortunately, with work and whatever else. But I have. Uh, I have read about it. Um, mm. Well, I've been at work today on uh, ESPN and various other various other (laughs) sites.
1: Have you seen it? I have seen nothing of the game other than the penalties, the the four contentious penalties. That's the only things I've seen.
0: Well, uh, admittedly, I've just seen the. I got up this morning, I watched the the YouTube, like was it twelve minutes or so highlights of the game. Um, but yeah, the the main talking point is obviously the four, um, decisions which just seemed absolutely ludicrous. And in my eyes, especially the ones on Trey Flowers, they were just so blatantly obvious that it wasn't even anywhere near a face mask. I, I just don't see how you you can call it the way they did. What was your opinions, guys?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think these are the t- kind of games that lead to, uh, maybe not this one in particular, but a few more of these games where games are decided on poor mistakes by referees this is the type of thing that leads to reviews being opened up to all penalties, not just pass interference that we've seen. Um, I think it's coming anyway. This just might speed it up a little bit and, and get in there.
2: I, I would totally agree with that point. I think we have, to have we have to go through things like this um, a bit like the, the the Falcons pass interference before we can before we can move forward because until something like this happens then they'll just sit there saying, well there isn't an issue um, it was terrible <laughs> refereeing and decision making if it even is refereeing in American football but these things happen don't they yeah, the,
1: I, the only thing that worries me is if they do put the rule in where you can review any penalty or any potential penalty, is it just going to be officiated like the pass interference one is just now? Because they just are not overturning anything. Yeah, like, I think it was something... A like, guy will literally need to mug someone
0: to get a penalty yeah. on
1: yeah. review. It's, but, they just are refusing to there was the one any with, of their decisions. Yeah, there was the
0: one with Marvin Jones, I think it was... And the the Lions' coaching staff just didn't seem to have the confidence that it was going to be overturned, so they didn't even bother challenging it. Because it was, I heard a um
1: they would already challenged one earlier in the game, and it wasn't given, even though it was pass interference. Well, exactly. So I think I think the stat
0: I heard today was something like only one in twenty-eight challenges of the that nature have been successful this season so far.
1: Yeah, the. I was going to say the fish hitting is a sham. The, the rule as it stands just now is a sham because it, they're not doing what it is there to enforce. So they either need to change it or just do it properly. The, uh, the,
2: the, the thing that it strikes me as, and it's one thing I've always loved about the NFL, is everything's very black and white. So did the ball cross the line you can either see whether it broke the plane or it didn't and it's it's very yes it did i can see it no it didn't that's that's the end of that these sorts of challenges have brought into place that the whole clear and obvious thing it reminds me of var in the premier league at the minute um Mm. in that unless it's you know massively obvious and who decides what's massively obvious we can all sit around the telly and go I think that was if the bloke watching the pictures says well, I don't then <laughs> you know if we're, we're all wrong and he's he's right and he makes a decision and and that's that and it's sort of muddy in the waters a bit which I don't really uh, I don't really like about it at all
1: yeah, one thing I something. don't like on reviews is using super slow motion yeah because yeah. you cannot at that speed judge intent or anything the only way you can even half judge that is seeing it at full speed because the slow motion it looks like the players have had more time to decide what they're going to do than they really have at full Mm -hmm. speed you see exactly how long they had to make that decision what the real impact on their actions were everything looks worse at slow motion It, it just does no matter if it's a tackle in football or soccer or a pool by a defensive back on a receiver, everything looks worse.
0: It definitely does. And it's it's like what you're both saying, you know, things were black and white up until a certain stage, but it seems to be getting greyer and greyer. And we are heading down a route, which I'm not sure I like, to be honest, because they the already complain about games being long they already said in the but the games won't get games, any longer
1: you, I don't although, know no nah, but although you can challenge you, in the future you may be able to challenge any play the number of challenges you have is still the same and the, it's one thing that they've done right is
0: they is make the challenges the same but If you're then challenging things like the tray flowers to um, face masks, well, what were called face masks, um, then, you know, that's then another 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes added on to the game. No, but it's not because you don't just
1: get to challenge things forever. You have a finite number of challenges that you can use. Mm. So it's not going to extend the game any longer than it is already.
0: Well, I, I hope not I hope uh,
1: my especially on that one is especially like whatever you said there's been 28 challenges and in pass interference so far second half yeah. of the season they, that's just not going to happen because they know they're not going to be overturned so people won't waste chances
0: yeah. well I guess there is that as well um, but yeah the, I think we are all agreed that the decisions that were made were shocking and I think there needs to be ramifications of some sort and I think the league need to be transparent about it the, the parts, the little bits of the American Alliance, whatever it was called, the AF League um, when the guy was up in the the box up the top and you could hear exactly, he's going right guys, go to the review, the review, I want to see this, I want to see that and this is why I'm making a decision then I think they need to start doing something like that and if they're yeah, not
1: rugby style
0: yeah, exactly. If they're not going to do it during the game, at least come out after and explain. Go, look, this is what I saw. I couldn't really see the angle of what the camera is showing. So I just had to go with what looked like what it was. And I hold my hands up. I've made a mistake.
1: When Dean Blondino was the head of officiating in the NFL, he, on a Monday or Tuesday, he used to go on NFL Network and he would he would go through... like. Half a dozen decisions that were contentious from the weekend and he sort of gave an explanation as to why those were done I don't know if they still do that or not I haven't seen anything on it so I assume not but it is something they've done before
0: yeah I've not seen anything on it but it's it would be better coming from the head of officiating rather than what we have in the Premier League in in England generally or. Across Europe, probably, you know, you get the ex-referee that comes on talk sport or whatever.
1: Channel yeah, the one that comes on, explains a decision, but uses old rules that don't apply anymore.
0: Yeah, but that's that's not transparency. That is still just... No. That's me or you sitting in on a show and giving analysis <laughs> on what it is. Um, you know, that could be Dan sitting in doing exactly the exactly same thing. It just doesn't seem to... Um, To rub the right way with myself But moving on from that The other couple of things that we were going to touch on um, Before we get into the review of the Giants game Was things concerning both teams I think I'll start with yourself, Dan And the Cowboys game against the Jets Um, It's obviously a divisional rival for us Which um, we all like to see get beat week after week Unfortunately it didn't happen (laughs) Um, But I think that then puts... The Cowboys in a bit of a sticky wicket And dare I say That you might even be able to overcome them And not finish bottom of your division Apart from obviously we're taking Redskins Out of this because they're done dusted I think the, the Result for us has
2: massively Opened up the division I think You know we all saw how many how many pieces we were missing on Thursday night. But if we can get all them pieces back together and um, get Barker back fit and whatever else then and go on a bit of a run then it, it almost seems like when I first started watching the NFL a long time ago now, the NFC used to always used to be like that, that it wasn't um really it was outstanding. It was um <laughs> who didn't mess it up <laughs> almost? I mean, the the Super Bowl runs we we went on, you know, getting through the World Card and and whatever else. It's it's always seems to have been that way. It seems to have gone back to that way this year that that possibly just having a, a sort of break even record could possibly win our possibly win our division the way everybody's playing. Still feel like the Eagles will probably sneak it.
1: Yeah, but no, no one's running away with that division. I mean, even the Redskins who have been probably the second worst team in the league so far this season. They're only two games back. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like no one is it doesn't seem like anyone wants to run away with it. No, <laughs> like no, everyone yeah, wants it exactly. to, to yeah. be competitive the entire time. <laughs> so yeah, I, mm. I I don't think the Redskins will win it because they are they are awful. But I think anyone else could.
0: Yeah, there's the potential there. And before I move on to um the Texans and Chiefs game that I want to touch on, I'm just sitting watching NFL Network just now, and breaking news is that the Ravens have traded for Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's uh, interesting, to say the least. That uh, that makes them that bit stronger and maybe a bit more of a, a conference rival as we head towards the second quarter
1: of the season. Who's who's reporting that?
0: Um, it just came up breaking news at the bottom saying they've. Um, he's been traded to the Ravens. Um, it's, I think it was Tom Pellicero that um, it came up with at the bottom, actually. Um, okay. But yeah, breaking news as we record the podcast. Um, with that and the other bit from over the weekend is the Texans' Chiefs game, which are the Chiefs now looking like a bit of a sham that's not going to get as far no. as what some people thought they were?
1: They don't have a defence, but... <laughs> we've seen with the Patriots in previous seasons, you don't really need that a lot of the time. No. I
0: mean, it's, I thought, I've, I've watched bits of that game um, where I could, and it seems to me like the score didn't actually reflect it. I think the, the Texans left some points on the field that they could have actually had a, a greater scoreline than what was actually there. But I just think you need um, Mahomes to get that ankle healthy, and uh, once he starts running around again, I can't see them um, having too much of an issue. They'll they'll pick up where they left off from a couple of weeks ago. I think I would agree.
2: Probably regular season. I think there's just something about the Chiefs that I don't see him getting over the line <laughs> at some point in the playoffs, and even if they play like a, a, a worse team, I feel like there's just something about them that. They haven't, they haven't. got that about them at the minute.
0: No, I don't. I don't think there is. They're still. They're still going to challenge for the the AFC. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if at any point if they even if they end up with a wild card or um, you know something of that because uh, the way no, the teams no are headed. I, I I
1: guess it might be a wild card round, but they'll win that division.
0: Yeah, I think they'll win the division but I, I think it's the Texans to lose that second spot now really um, where we I think we all thought before the season started certainly it was one and two, was Patriots and Chiefs I think it could be the Texans to lose the, especially the way they've traded to pretty much be one and done this is their window now or it's not happening by the looks of it because they've got sod all picks next year to look forward to <laughs>
1: Just to jump back on the Marcus Peter thing, uh, yeah. Marcus Peters—they've traded him for Kenny Young, who's a linebacker, like fourth-round pick last year. So they've traded him for nothing. Okay. So there's there's something there. I that know he's a bit, he's got stretch. he's got some history. So I'm assuming something's happened, and they're just wanting rid.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's one to uh, keep an eye on. Um, certainly the yeah the oh yeah it's just come up there now at the bottom um, the Rams have traded him for Kenny Young yeah Ian Rapoport is now reporting that as well by the looks of it um, so yeah that's something to keep an eye on as we we move forward but as uh, saying that I think we'll move forward to the Giants and and Patriots from Thursday night what was your um, thoughts Dan?
2: Um, I think
0: it went probably, from our point of
2: view, went as well as we could expect. Um, I was quite happy with the way we sort of asked your defence some questions initially um, and managed to managed to slow you down for three quarters and, and then it all got a bit... I think it all just got a bit too much for us. <laughs> Couldn't keep you out in the fourth quarter. Obviously, we were, we were threadbare. Um I don't know if you've seen the moves we've made since the game. So that was our uh, third-string running back, um, Immelman, or some—I can't even name him, to be honest. Immelman, um, yeah. that's it. Yeah, he's—he's um, he's been cut since. Um, oh, really? Uh, yeah, we've picked up Buck, um, Buck Allen, who used to play for the Ravens, is now our. All oh, right, okay. He'll, well, he'll be our backup once once Barkley comes back because Gorman's out as well. Um, so yeah, obviously we went. That was his chance, I suppose. <laughs> going to uh, going to Gillette and getting his getting his opportunity to play against best defence and they didn't feel impressed, although it was probably a big ask <laughs> for him to for him to do anything against what's probably the league's best defence at the minute, I dare say.
0: That was almost as bad as the um the Redskins hierarchy. Um letting Gruden take on us and then go, actually no, you're not for us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> don't Know why they decided to do that, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a similar thing, you know. They've let Hillman go and gone right, prove what you can. Oh, you only got like 30 yards or whatever it was. You got, um, no, you're crap. See you later. Yeah. Um, Nick, <laughs> what was your thoughts? Uh, the,
1: yeah, I think Dan kind of said exactly what it was. I think if the Giants had all their players, I think they might have had half a chance. Um, it would have probably still been hard for them to move anything on, on the Patriots' defence because it it's pretty good. I think basically they kind of gave a one play the entire game. Um, but the offence, yeah, still not clicking. Um, so until that changes, teams are always going to be in with a shout. So if they can put together a few drives on offence, anyone's going to be in the game. But if you can't move the ball against the defence... Tom Brady's eventually going to scrape something together, which I think kind of showed in the fourth quarter there.
0: Yeah, I think they... Um, I mean, he didn't have the, the best of games, but, I mean, not having the best of games was 31 completions from 41 attempts for 334 yards. And the interception, I thought, should... It was similar to the one uh, myself and Nick discussed for the Redskins game. I just didn't think it should have been, you know, he shouldn't have been throwing it where he was throwing it. And it was a mistake that he shrugged off, thankfully enough, and just carried on from there. Um, But yeah, Brady wasn't really up to par. It sounds stupid when you're getting that, when you've got, you know, the likes of Baker Mayfield can only get 100 yards total for a game. And you're moaning about 334 yards.
1: Yeah, but I, I'm sure I'm sure Dan will agree. Like, If you were to watch that game without keeping track of the completions and the yards, you wouldn't have thought that there was that completion percentage and the yardage at the end of the game. I was surprised when I saw it at the end of the game that that's what the, the figures were. Because it definitely didn't feel like that.
2: I would I would agree, and I think the, the the thing you've just brought up about the interception. Um, I mean, I'm I'm quite a fan of Brady. I feel like watching the NFL now when we do. Um, I feel quite privileged to have watched, to been able to watch his career, and probably I are him the best ever. Um, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think of of the incompletion in particular, because it was like you say, it's a, probably a pass he shouldn't and shouldn't have been making, but. It's happening sort of a couple of weeks now. It's happening a few times. You know what? What? What is your take on that? Because that isn't the Brady of old, is it? You know.
1: I, I think he's struggling without receivers at the moment. He's kind of so focused on Edelman. He saw Edelman half open, and he thought I'm th- I'm throwing this. And then as soon as it's come out of his hand, he's thrown it high and right instead of sort of straight down the seam. So I think he's so focused on Edelman, he doesn't really always survey the field. I think he's. They're sort of desperate to get other receivers in, to be honest.
0: Yeah, we're we're needing receivers and we're needing the offensive line to get up to scratch again. I think that's it's always been a weakness. Um, generally, it's been up the middle, but for now, it's kind of coming off the the left and right sides, and um, the they're getting pressure on him. Even the Redskins manage pressure as well on on Brady, where. Uh, they managed to force him that throw, which created one of the interceptions for in the Redskins game. And there's a similar one as, as Nick's saying. Uh, he's focused on Edelman. He's not really got confidence in anyone else. I mean, after him you've, you're you looking at Jacoby Myers. J- James White is obviously a reliable person. Michelle's still getting worked into this pass-catching role that they're trying to get him into. and Then again, Gordon had one play, and then kind of went out the game with that injury, which thankfully doesn't seem like it's going to be too bad, and he might even be back for Monday night against the Jets. Um, but apart from that, you're then starting to scrape the the barrel with Gunnar, Izzo Bolden. That there's the they've gone from being really not rubbish, but you know the names of like Bruce Ellington and stuff that was on the the team at, when training camp was kicking off to having the likes of Antonio Brown, I don't know if we're meant to mention his name or not, <laughs> you <laughs> know, having him on the on As the long roster. as Tom
1: Brady keeps liking Instagram posts by him, I'll keep talking about him. Oh, is he still doing that? Yeah, he's still really doing, impressed. he did one earlier on today as well.
0: Uh, well, I have I seen his. I seen Antonio Brown's tweet that said "free AB," and I thought, yeah, hmm. yeah, he
1: liked that one as
0: well. All right, okay. Well, there you go. So, and uh, Antonio Brown being on the roster to not be on the roster, and we're back to you know almost relying on Dorset coming back, which is a bit not sad, but you know that's the state of affairs that we've got at the moment. It's it, it's threadbare to a certain extent compared to what we might have been used to a few weeks ago going forward. So to answer your question really though, um, and get a, a take on it, I don't think Brady's really regressing. He's just doing what he's, he's got to work with. And, you know, they're doing enough. It was a 35-14 final score. So, it's. It was obviously enough to. Yeah,
1: the defense special teams scored 14 of those.
0: Oh. Yeah, but I know what you're saying, but it's the the having a good defense is obviously helping the offense because that's it's obviously putting points. Yeah, because the they board, get
1: a hundred tries at scoring a touchdown.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm. I was kind of getting to in a long-winded way is that he's he's doing what he needs to do to get over the line just now until we can figure out what we're doing. Generally we're slow starters as as everyone knows but they've kind of started at a pace that they're clearly not going to be able to keep up for the whole season so if they can just effectively get 1-0 wins like Tony Pulis used to love doing then <laughs> <laughs> So is Tom
1: maybe to
2: lap or no. He's almost uh, he's almost a swear word in this house, even from even for a smoke <laughs> fan.
0: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um but yeah, the obviously our def- we have to start with our defense from our point of view from myself and Nick and um other Patriots fans and um I wanted to bring up Chase Winovich, obviously getting the touchdown, but as as Nick knows um, he's one of the, the rookies I was looking forward to going into the season. Other listeners will know if they've been regular listeners, Chase Winovich is the guy that I pinpointed from our draft that I wanted to have a good season, and so far so good from him. So I was, I was happy to see him get a score on, on Thursday night. He's, uh, he's one of
2: the guys we've kept we've tabs of as well. Um, one of the lads who uh, hosts the podcast with me, Ryan Slaughter, is a massive fan of, uh, of Chase Winovich and has got a bit of an um, NFL card PC, personal collection going, um, of, Ch- of Chase Winovich. So yeah, it was just a, it was interesting to see his name pop up. Not, I wouldn't say I was happy about it, but...
0: <laughs> Ryan's a big um, college guy, isn't he? Yes, he is, yeah. Yeah, so I'm guessing that's where that stemmed from. Yeah.
1: I, th- I think Winovich has been okay, slash good so far this season. But he did nothing on Thursday defensively. He
0: scored a touchdown.
1: Not defensively, then. <laughs> no,
0: oh, on special, uh, special teams. Special teams.
1: And and he and, and he caught a ball It was like <laughs> the easiest ball to catch, and he ran five yards. It wasn't exactly. It wasn't like breaking past players. He's like. Yeah, I, I I have to say I don't think I've ever seen a punt blocked by a lineman's helmet before.
0: I was always <laughs> the same
1: same. I think that is the first. I don't know how he's how he was far enough back to do that.
0: That was an awful kick. It was almost very. Uh, it was
2: very typical Giants. Yeah, you can keep yourselves in a game to an extent, and then we'll beat ourselves at times <laughs> with, with something along my lines
1: so, I, I, I was actually pretty impressed with the Giants and maybe that's because they were down so many players and it was like oh, they, God, sounds a bit condescending but they, ha- they did well to just sort of stay in the game but I thought they did enough to hang about and like I said I would have been interested to see if they had Barclay and Shepard and Whoever else, because offensively it was like Golden Tate, it was like had to feed the ball to Golden Tate. That was the only real out they had. So if you add another couple of pieces in around him, could they have had, had, had half half chance maybe?
2: Yeah, it wasn't uh, with the way your defense is playing. It wasn't the game to go in with only one target, was it? No, <laughs> definitely because you just take him out of the game, and and that was it. We were pretty much we were pretty much done from there.
1: Yeah, yeah bit, especially if you have four turnovers as well. It's probably five, I guess, including the block punt.
2: It's yeah, it wasn't uh, it's, it wasn't Daniel Jones's finest day, but it, uh, to me, I think it'll be good for him in a way because it's a bit of a, a bit of a learning curve. Almost everything had almost gone too smoothly up until yeah. up until that point. So it would be nice to see what he how he sort of bounces back from that.
1: Even. Even with that, I still thought he played pretty well, given he was so limited with his targets. I came out pretty impressed. He made a couple of... like The the touchdown to to Tate, I know the ball was tipped by uh, Jonathan Jones and it's sort of lucky bounce, but he kind of put the ball in just about the only place that it was safe because it wasn't wide open. It wasn't like one of these college plays you see the guy running down the seam and he's got five yards of separation. It was like, he was NFL open. He was like less than half a yard. So it was impressive from that point of view. Just you hope he can continue to do it once they get everybody back.
0: I was impressed with him. I I was, I've been a big skeptic of his since, even since the draft. Um, I, I didn't expect him to go and earn, obviously not a lot of people did expect him to go in the position he did. I didn't think he'd maybe make it even in the second round, but um, to dislodge Manning from the from the role, I thought, mm, okay, I thought they'd at least redshirt him for the year, but then having actually seen him, because I don't really watch um, a lot of Giants games, and, and especially this season, I've not until now. Um, yeah, you're right, Nick. He was... Throwing passes that were NFL passes, he was going into tiny windows a lot of the time that would suggest, you know, he's got something about him going forward. And I wouldn't be too disheartened to, if they turned around and says, right, that's, you know, providing his progression and his, his trajectory carries on the way it goes, I wouldn't be too disheartened being a Giants fan for them to say, right, this is our franchise QB, based on what the small sample size I saw on Thursday anyway.
2: I, I would, from what I've seen of him, obviously I've watched I've watched all of our games so far this season, and I would I would agree, but I, I think possibly I'm a little bit biased because I, I watched him through his through his college career as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, like I say, I think he fits he fits us rather than you know I don't think like a Mahomes as nice as it'd be to have somebody somebody of that ilk. He does it wouldn't really fit in the Giants in the Giants organization. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but he throws mm. passes without looking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if I if I see that Tyreek Hill throw one more time, I think I'll stab my eyes because to me it just it just seemed like it was throwing in hope. And if it wasn't for Hill getting there, then that was picked off. But I mean, I'm not dis- I'm not discrediting Mahomes. He is a good, he's obviously a good quarterback and he will be for numerous years, but I think he's still a bit overhyped at this stage in his career at least anyway. I,
1: I think anyone that had the season he, that he had last season was always going to come down a peg or two this season because it's impossible to keep that up especially when teams are starting getting more and more tape on you. They know how to play you a bit better. You're never going to set those records every year. so I'm, I'm not surprised that he's reg- or he seems to have regressed a little bit. I yeah. still think he's pretty good.
0: Oh yeah, he's to- he's totally good. Um, it was funny though. I can't remember who it was. I read, um, from the weekend of it was, um, Watson or someone else had said what they'd done for preparation for the game on Sunday was watch that A.F.C. Championship game from last season, and that was the what the the blueprint that they used to go over overcome the Chiefs on Sunday night or Sunday yes. afternoon.
1: I assume they just watched the first half, like, 'cause the second half was brutal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> must have <laughs> I, d- I don't think just that one game is size enough to you know warrant putting your blueprint on it but it certainly helps a little bit I guess because I guess we're all guilty of it you know you look to what's been done by other teams and try and copy it and mimic it and hope it comes off for yourself I guess
1: yeah I, I think you need to have a pretty good defence to be able to Even slow them down, never mind stop them. You need to have a sort of corner you can man up on Watkins. A corner who's quick enough to keep up with uh, Tyreek Hill, but you also need to put safety help over the top. And then you need to trust your linebackers to be able to either take Kelsey and stop Mahomes coming out of the pocket, or you need your your line to be able to control their rush to stop him breaking out of the pocket. So it's like there's threats all over the place.
0: Hmm. Um. There, there definitely is, and the from what I've seen and heard and read, etc. etc. it seems to be that especially with his ankle just now, then the game plan for most teams will be just to keep him in the pocket and you know try and defend it that way and trust your your linebackers and your your backfield to take care of receivers and try and get to Mahomes as quick as possible and keep him in that pocket as long as possible. Not let him run about the pitch or field, I should say. Um, but anyways, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Before we move on to one final thing, I wanted to touch on with you guys. Um, is there anything else you guys want to cover on the the rev- review of the game from Thursday night? I just um, said thank you for not embarrassing us.
2: So <laughs> <laughs> that game really, you know, we were never going to win it, and and as we discussed in the preview, if if we could just sort of keep up, then uh, I was I was probably going to be happy with that, and I, I think we I think we did that just about. So yeah,
1: I think the game was pretty much as we thought it was going to go. Um, certainly, the way the Patriots' offense is playing just now, I don't think they're capable of actually blowing anyone out without the other team sort of throwing a few pick sixes or fumbles that are recovered for touchdowns. And I know two of those happened, but I just, the offense just isn't moving the ball well enough to, to allow them to rake up 40 point leads and victories. It's just, it's just not going to happen unless they go and trade for AJ Green or
0: somebody. (laughs) He's not on my hit list, that's for sure, but maybe it would be a short-term fix for half a season, I guess. Um, But long-term, I just think he's too injury-prone to even look at him. But anyway, um, I've just seen it come up at the bottom there that the Patriots have suspended Michael Bennett.
1: Yeah, that, that happened like an hour or so ago. He was, um, had a bit of a fallout on um with the position coach. And he, he hasn't really played. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get traded over the next week.
0: Well, that, I was listening to um, Patriots CLNS podcast, I think it was. And um, at Pat's cap on Twitter um, was on speaking about the the cap space and everything. And, you know, these potential trades that we've been rumoured about with Sanders and um, with AJ Green and Stefan Diggs and things that are going around. And he was saying that he'd put, if it was him being in charge of the cap space and, and such like it would probably be Michael Bennett would be the one that he'd be looking to with the size of contract that he's got to shift him on and create the gap, the, the space that we need for a reasonable wide receiver to, Ties over for the next little while um, But I was wanting to touch on something else um, Just before we let you go Dan um, Before we wrap up the episode I want to get your take on this as well Being sort of an outsider Looking in But I heard something being mentioned Of the Patriots being the worst 6-0 and team That there's been um, I don't
1: think it's It's true Personally um, but. I, I I don't I don't know though because a lot of teams don't make six and zero. Like I think I think I saw a stat saying this is only the fourth time the Patriots have ever been six and zero. Yeah. So that kind of shows you how rare to get that is.
0: It's it's rare, but just I I try try to think of the words, but it's like you know uh, my qu- my question was are are the patriots the worst sectional team in n f l history' That's basically
1: i mean probably not but it's it's such a hard thing to...
2: the thing in the is in the, in the modern day in the modern day media um with the everyone's
1: world, the worst the thing since ever
2: Well, there's that, yeah. Um, But it's very sort of offense-focused, isn't it? So if you're not sort of winning games in that way, that's kind of the real thing they're interested in. Like, to call somebody the worst team, well, you're only winning it because you're a team, because your defense is so good. Um, You know, how how can we sit here and say, I personally think you've got the best defence in the league this year. But that that then doesn't make you the worst team, surely. <laughs> On one side of the ball, you're the best team in the league. So how can you be the how can you be the worst team ever to make six and out? just because they're winning your games, that you know, it's a team sport. If they take you and win all the win the Super Bowl and what have you for you, then nobody's going to be complaining, are they? There
1: yeah, you exactly. go. The nineteen sixty eight Rams, six and 0 didn't make the playoffs. There you go, they're the worst six and team ever <laughs> I um
0: I personally think we're not, and that's obviously backed up by Nick's stat there. Um, but I posed the, the question on the UKPatriots.com Facebook page, and I just wanted to read out some of the the replies I got in case any of the, the guys listen. Um, because I said it would. Um, there's Jamie Roberts. says, best defensively, pretty terrible offensively. Um. Terrible's maybe a bit of a stretch. We've not been the best, but, you know, just look at the Browns. <laughs> um, yeah, but the Browns
1: are <laughs> 6-0. <six and> oh. <laughs> you can't compare them to the Browns.
0: No, but just, I mean, offensively, we've not been the greatest so far um, in certain games. But, yeah, so he was saying that. Um, Tim Blaisdell, um, Buffalo New York games would make one think so for the most part. Horrible Offensive performances in both games um, Dan Graham I'm pretty sure the offence starts slow every year Mostly because of the personnel changes Made in the off-season It's nothing um, new,
1: we'll be fine I disagree with that
0: um, I wasn't asking for opinion But no, it's alright uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying,
1: the offence doesn't always start slow But they start no, slow in 2007 when when They just when came are. out chucking bombs to Randy Moss And that was new um, that, was an, that was an entirely new rec- Receiving core
0: yeah. Um Philip Chapman not even close, so you remember the Falcons about seven or eight seasons ago, I'm sure they were eight and They weren't special on either side of the ball. Titans won their first ten a decade ago with Kerry Collins, lost three of their last six and were one and out in the playoffs. R D has the chance to be top ten all time, the offense isn't rolling, but it'll get better. Um Falcons Steve went Roberts.
1: thirteen and three that year.
0: So I'd say they were still pretty good. Jamie Roberts again says saw some pretty great analysis on where the offensive problems start. They lay blame squarely at Karras at centre and Shaq Mason at guard as they're killing our rushing game. Just not athletic enough in Karras' case and a pretty poor season in Mason's case after being lights out the last few years. Left tackle not that big an issue. Newhouse isn't doing so badly. The Brown experiment feeling terribly also killed our cap space.
1: The Brown experiment didn't really kill their cap space. They didn't really have much to begin with. Cap space, like, is ca- ca- cap-, cap space, yeah, it's you can make cap space. Extend Kyle Van Noy, you open up loads of cap space.
0: Yeah, that was another one. Pat's cap um, mentioned was extending him, and a th-
1: like I give McCourty a, a,
0: a high tower. I think yeah. in McCourty, that was the other one. Um, Let's well, do deals with them and extend it And such like and you'll create room um, but yeah. Dave, Dave Gray says For me it's a combination of health And as always not showing too much Too soon on offence There will be plenty of plays that we haven't even seen yet The performances on offence Haven't been great on the whole But part of that Is that they haven't needed to be yet We've seen it too many times for me to be really concerned Um Dorian Phillips wouldn't say worst, but the teams we've played were hardly world beaters. Let's see how it looks after the Ravens, Chiefs, etc. Um, and it goes on, kind of similar to that. Somebody asks, "Is this a joke?" Um, someone else um, <laughs> says, "James,
1: don't you James, dare, don't you dare say anything bad about people's Patriots. They get very upset." <laughs>
0: James, James Verdegem. apologies, James, I've pronounced your surname wrong. Wow proof if ever it were needed that recency bias is a thing there's a couple other comments basically I think um, oh someone else uh, Gary Morgan says this post is really stupid Um, (laughs) but I think basically because people look at things and then just comment and don't actually read other comments because I did comment about five down saying I pose the question as that's what they are saying as not they being the the media Um, and just you know keep the comments coming sort of thing but that's what I was getting at I didn't want uh, to post it as you know this is going to be featured on the podcast because I wasn't sure if people would react and they reacted the way I kind of expected them to because yeah as Nick's saying don't dare say anything (laughs) bad against the project
1: I think people are sort of uh, I don't want to say whistling past the graveyard but there was a few comments there that said oh this has happened before this hasn't happened before they
0: don't have weapons. No, so, we're, we're, we've been used to the bend, but not break, because to use your expression like, from a few episodes ago, Nick, we've been used to that kind of defence and having the weapons to overcome, sort of like what I've suggested um, before, Dan, with the sort of Alex Ferguson teams of the 90s with Man United, you know, you score four, we'll score five, and we'll beat yeah. you that way, rather yeah. than we... You score zero, we'll score one Because our defence, like the Arsenal defence of old Under George Graham <laughs> um, That sort of thing That's kind of what, to me Is a sort of comparison that we're getting this season Is the sort of George Graham um, defence You know, keep the ball out Or turn it over And because the offence isn't firing on all cylinders So we need you to, you know, step up And as you were saying, Dan, be a team it's a team sport. It's, but I've always been a man, um, a man that says, "Defense wins championships." And if it was decided on defense, then there's ring number seven right there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would say about you um, when you're talking about target, like Brady's weapons and, and what have you. I don't know quite how well this will go down. So, but I'll I'll throw it. No, at no. That. I, um, I, I like I've I've done. always. I've always kind of looked at the weapons that he that they've they've put together for him, and they've never really set the world on fire, if you like. So people like Danny Amendola, who was such a such a great servant for him, but then obviously goes away and takes the money, which he probably quite well deserved after after everything he'd done for the Patriots, but then isn't sort of anywhere near the player that he was. For Brady, if you if you know what I mean, whether does it does he need sort of a Randy Moss? Only, obviously you obviously had him for the for the was it the one year he was there?
1: Um, he was there, he was there for a few years, but it's it's not all, it's not just Randy Moss. When Randy Moss left, they got Gronkowski. So they've always had that yeah, tr- yeah, true. Hall of Rank. Fame level receiver. Maybe the actual wide receivers haven't always been great, but they they always had Gronk.
0: And when Gronk was missing,
1: it didn't didn't look right. So, although the receivers have maybe never been that great, they had a tight end. If they haven't had a tight end, they've had a Randy Moss. A couple of seasons, he's had really limited targets. Like 2004, I think it was that year. They didn't have a lot, and he sort of made it work. But that was 15 years ago. So, I think it's, yeah. just, uh,
0: yeah. it's, it's first world Patriots problems, Nick, I think. It yeah,
1: absolutely <laughs> is, but we're not talking about a team that we're hoping can make the playoffs. You're talking yeah. about a team you hope can win the Super Bowl. I think at that level, those are the type of things you need to be looking at. If we were talking about the Browns, they just want to try and get somebody that's going that's not Nick Chubb.
0: No, I think Freddie Kitchens is there going to be their main 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 issue, but because some of the coaching isn't up to scratch, in my opinion, they've got everything there seemingly on paper to do really well, and it's just not coming off for them. Um, but yeah, no, I I I don't wholeheartedly disagree with you, Dan. I think it's whether that comes back to people saying, "Oh, Brady's a system QB," or and that Belichick just finds players to fit the system, which I think is also uh, quite a big belichick in thing, maybe, same as what Sir Alex Ferguson used to do. You just find that player for that position and, you know, plug-and-play sort of idea. Like you're saying with Danny Amendola, he's seen something in him that nobody else has managed to get out of him probably before or since. I mean, he's... I know he's getting on, but he's pretty much a bit part player. But he's under a coach that was in New England and coached under Belichick and Matt Patricia. And I've not seen much out of him this season so far. One touchdown, maybe, I think it was. Um, But no, I don't disagree with, you completely, Dan. I think they've made things work on occasion. But Nick's also right that I think it was something like what... Twelve straight seasons or something, Nick. That we either had a Moss or Gronkowski playing on the on the field.
1: Well, Moss came in two thousand seven, and then Gronk left this year. So yeah, Matt. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to figure out. <laughs> i to make a fool of myself.
0: Nineteen minus seven. Yeah, I was right. Like Twelve years. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but yeah, so that's. I would. I just wanted to touch on it because it was uh, it was something I heard, and I thought <laughs> it's kind of like what
1: I think it's some, one of those things that is impossible to actually determine.
0: It's like the I don't want to say idiots, but the people that start talking about the undefeated season happening again—we're only six games in. So the
2: the other thing I would touch on is I don't think I always think that Tom Brady's at his best when he has to be. So it, it, there's them drives when yeah. you know it, it's it's do or die. He always seems to pull it out of the fire. He seems to just get it done. That's just just what he does. And, and I don't think you've been in a, particularly been in a situation where that's happened all season. You haven't had a do or die moment on really? the offense because because of what the defense is doing. So there's the possibility that he isn't sort of stepping up to that just because he doesn't particularly have to. Yeah, I,
1: th- I think it's something that. They will get better as the season goes on. Just how much better can they get? I don't know. But yeah, you're right. Brady is sort of clutch. That is what he has always been. So when you've got to have it, he tends to have it.
0: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fair comment. And I think uh, we'll leave it there for this episode. Um I want to thank you, Dan, for... Coming on and chatting the review, I know you expect a loss beforehand, and it's some people wouldn't take up the offer to come back on and and you know go over the game when it's a loss to your own team. But no, thanks very much. But again, like the last episode, the floor is yours. Um, take the stage and plug away all your um different things with the traders group and the podcast and such like.
2: Lovely, yeah. Well, uh, thanks again for having me. Um, always come and talk football, <laughs> even if even if we have lost. Like, I, you wouldn't talk football very often as a Giants fan <laughs> if you weren't prepared to talk about it after you'd lost. Um, yeah, so anybody who's uh, interested in collecting cards, um, the NFL Cards group is NFL Cards UK Traders. Get yourself added in there. Um, new members always welcome. There's plenty of people on hand who will be able to help you out getting started. Um, and then Matt podcast is Watch Pat Lyrical. So we're on Twitter, at Watch Pat Lyrical, and Facebook. Um, if you search for Watch Pat Lyrical, will pop up on there as well.
0: Excellent. Well, thanks very much, Dan, again, for coming on. Um, thanks, Nick, as always, for being my co-host on Patriots Nation UK. Um, you can find Nick at the underscore panic. I am at Matt Inkster on Twitter. Um, PatriotsNationUK.com is the website and Patriots Nation UK. Search for it on Facebook. You'll find the Facebook page there. Um, just the usual rate of view and subscribe. Um, please tell all your other Patriots supporting friends and your NFL supporting friends in general. They might have not picked a team yet. Guide them towards the Patriots and get them slagged off for being forever glory hunters from this point on. And... Yeah, so rate, review and subscribe and check out the website, our Twitter and Facebook page. Um, We'll be back later on in the week with uh, a guest to preview the Monday Night Jets game. Uh, Sort of mini bye week for the Patriots this week, but until then just remember folks, do your job as there are no days off.